Good morning. This is Five at Eight. Today's Wednesday, February 28th, 2024, and here is the day's top news. Your hosts are Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman. In this episode, we will talk about NASA's DART spacecraft impact on the asteroid Dimorphos causing global deformation. NASA astronaut Victor Glover set to pilot the Artemis II mission to the moon. Iran's reduction in near-weapons-grade uranium stockpile. The U.S. allowing Chinese airlines to increase direct passenger flights and Apple's cancellation of its electric car project. Story number one. In a report from CNN, NASA's DART spacecraft impact on the asteroid Dimorphos caused significant changes, leading to global deformation. The mission aimed to test asteroid deflection technology. Follow-up observations revealed that the impact reshaped the entire asteroid, releasing a debris plume. Researchers used simulations to study the impact, finding that Dimorphos is a rubble pile held together by weak gravity. The HERA mission will further study the aftermath of the impact. Might be the optimist in me, but gotta admit, this DART mission by NASA sounds like a real breakthrough. Crashing a spacecraft into an asteroid at such massive speed and actually managing to alter its motion. Sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, doesn't it? It's fascinating to think about the level of precision and calculation involved in such a mission. However, it's also a stark reminder of the very real threat of asteroids and the necessity for effective planetary defense strategies. What I find particularly interesting is how this mission has given us crucial insights into the composition of asteroids. Right, right. Different types of asteroids require different deflection techniques. Hard stony asteroids versus loose piles of rock, or as they call them, rubble piles. I mean, who'd have thunk? And speaking of rubble piles, it's pretty wild how the impact completely transformed Dimorphos's shape. Indeed. The findings suggest that Dimorphos is a rubble pile made of rocky material shed from the Didymos asteroid, held together by weak gravity. This, coupled with the low material cohesion, led to a wider ejecta cone angle and the expansion of the crater to encompass all of Dimorphos. It's astounding to visualize such a transformation. Astounding is the word. Absolutely. And this whole exercise isn't just about one asteroid. It's about testing and refining technology that could literally save the planet one day. The upcoming European Space Agency's HERA mission, for instance, will take these learnings forward, right? The HERA mission is set to launch this year, and will observe the aftermath of the DART impact. It will study the composition and mass of Dimorphos, and how it was transformed by the impact. Missions like these are significant steps in advancing our understanding and capabilities in asteroid deflection and planetary defense. Couldn't agree more, Linda. The stakes are high, but hey, if you're going to bet on something, bet on science. It's never let us down. The future of planetary defense indeed looks promising with these advancements. Story number two. In a report from NPR, NASA astronaut Victor Glover, the first African-American to spend extended time on the International Space Station, is set to pilot the Artemis II mission, becoming the first human to visit the moon in over 50 years. Despite a childhood fascination with space, Glover initially aspired to be a stuntman or race car driver. He was selected as an astronaut after being passed over once before, and has since made history in space. Glover's crewmates for the Artemis II mission are currently in training, with the launch expected in 2025. How about that, Linda? Victor Glover, a man who once watched space shuttles launch on TV, is now poised to pilot the Artemis II mission, 
You know, it just goes to show that those childhood dreams can sometimes lead us to places we never thought we could reach. It's a testament to the power of hard work, determination, and resilience. Yes, Mark. And it's not just about realizing his own dreams. Glover's journey also signifies a broader breakthrough. As the first African-American to have spent extended time on the International Space Station, he's paving the way for future generations. It's quite an inspiring story. Inspiring indeed. What also fascinates me about his story is the sheer grit and tenacity Glover displayed throughout his journey. To be among the eight chosen from a pool of 6,300 applicants, that's no small feat. That's what I call skill and a bit of stubborn optimism. Another interesting aspect is how his path was shaped by his mentors and circumstances. For instance, his father's suggestion to consider becoming an astronaut after he joined the Navy and his math teacher encouraging him to reach his potential in academics. These instances highlight the importance of guidance and support in our lives. You're spot on, Linda. It's often those around us who see the potential in us that we might not see in ourselves. Victor Glover's story is a testament to that. But let's not forget the balance he had to strike. As he was preparing to undertake a historic space mission, the country was grappling with societal issues like racial inequality and civil unrest. That must have been tough. I can only imagine, Mark. It brings to light the duality that individuals often have to navigate, especially those in such prominent roles. But through it all, Glover has maintained a heart for people and a desire for authentic connections, as his fellow astronaut Hansen has mentioned. It's quite admirable. Story number three. Iran has reduced its stockpile of near-weapons-grade uranium since October 2023, as reported by CNN. While the stockpile of highly enriched uranium has decreased, there has been an increase in uranium enriched to 20%. The report covers Iran's compliance with the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, JCPOA, and experts believe that Iran could still potentially make multiple nuclear bombs with its current stockpile. The U.S. State Department expressed concern over Iran's nuclear program. Tensions between Iran and the U.S. have heightened, with Iran informing the IEA of its decision to withdraw the designation of several agency inspectors. It's interesting, isn't it, Linda? Iran's reduction of near-weapons-grade uranium. It's not often we see such moves. What could be the underlying motives here? Political maneuvering, perhaps? It might appear on the surface as a positive step towards nuclear disarmament, but the reality might be more complex. It's not uncommon for nations to adjust their nuclear strategies for political reasons. For instance, Eric Brewer and Benham Ben Talablu both experts in nuclear threats speculate that Iran could be attempting to avoid censure at the upcoming IEA Board of Governors meeting. So it's like a political chess move, right? But, uh, what about the fact that we're seeing an increase in stocks of uranium enriched to 20% at the same time? That's a key point, Mark. It's like two steps forward, one step back. On one hand, they're reducing the near-weapons-grade uranium stockpile, but on the other, they're increasing their stockpile of uranium enriched to 20%. It's important to note that anything above 20% is considered highly enriched. This kind of maneuvering can create a sense of progress while maintaining a certain level of nuclear capability. Quite a complex situation indeed. How about the transparency of these operations then? The IAEA report mentions Iran withdrawing the designation of several agency inspectors. That doesn't sound too reassuring. It raises serious questions about the level of oversight on these operations. While Iran's actions may be technically within their rights, it does hinder the IEEA's ability to conduct effective verification. 
This kind of action can seriously affect the global trust in Iran's commitment to the JCPOA. And then there's the bigger picture, right? The impact on the global stage, the tension between Iran and the U.S., the Israel-Hamas war. It's like a, a constant juggling act, isn't it? It's a delicate balance of power dynamics, political agendas, and military strategies. Ultimately, the real challenge here is navigating these complex issues while ensuring global security and stability. It's definitely a topic we need to keep an eye on as it continues to evolve. Story number four. In a report from CNN, the U.S. will allow Chinese airlines to increase direct passenger flights to the United States, gradually restoring aviation services affected by COVID-19 and a previous air travel dispute. Starting March 31st, Chinese carriers can operate 50 weekly round trips, up from 35. The move aims to normalize the U.S.-China market and boost travel between the two countries. Despite challenges, such as flight routes avoiding Russian airspace, efforts are being made to facilitate travel and tourism between the U.S. and China. Is it just me? Or does it feel like every time we blink, there's a new development in international air travel? This time, it's the U.S. Department of Transportation allowing Chinese airlines to increase their direct passenger flights to the U.S. from 35 weekly round trips to 50, which is a pretty significant jump if you ask me. But it's important to remember that this is still just a fraction of the over 150 weekly round trips allowed before the pandemic hit. It's a significant step, but still quite far from what we used to see. The gradual increase in the quota for Chinese carriers is a part of the recovery strategy post-COVID. It's fascinating to see how the landscape of international travel is slowly reshaping after the pandemic. However, it's not just about recovery from COVID. It seems like the geopolitical tensions such as the airspace dispute with Russia, are also playing a role here. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Linda. In fact, the dispute over the Russian airspace has added another layer of complexity to the dynamics of international aviation. It's a bit like a game of chess, with every move having multiple implications. For instance, Russia's ban on U.S. and other foreign airlines flying over its airspace in response to Washington closing its sky to Russia that's resulted in Chinese airlines avoiding Russian airspace on their way to the U.S. It's a ripple effect. Indeed, it's a ripple effect. And it's not just about the airlines or the countries involved. It's also about the people. Let's not forget that before COVID, as many as 3 million Chinese travelers visited the United States annually, contributing more than $30 billion to the U.S. economy. The gradual increase in flight quotas could mean a slow return to that level of exchange. But again, the geopolitical tensions and ongoing challenges could make the full restoration of travel quite complicated. The economic implications are huge. The recovery from COVID-19, the geopolitical tensions, all these factors are contributing to a complex and rapidly evolving global aviation landscape. It's going to be interesting to see how these dynamics play out in the coming months and years. Story number five. In a report from the New York Times... Apple has canceled its plans to release an electric car with self-driving capabilities after nearly a decade of development. The project, internally known as Titan, was intended to rival Tesla's electric vehicles. The restructuring will shift employees to roles in the artificial intelligence division, with executive Kevin Lynch now reporting to John Gianandrea. This move is rare for Apple, which typically does not shelve high-profile projects. The cancellation comes as Apple seeks new avenues for growth beyond the saturated iPhone market. 
might be a shocker to some, but Apple pulling the plug on their autonomous car known as Project Titan doesn't surprise me all that much. Let's face it, they're a tech giant, not a car manufacturer. Dipping their toes into the automobile industry, especially the electric and autonomous vehicle sector, was always going to be a tall order. That's a valid perspective, Mark. It's worth considering that entering new markets, especially one as complex and competitive as autonomous vehicles, presents a multitude of challenges. Even for a company with the resources and innovative prowess of Apple, it's not just about creating a viable product, but also about whether that product aligns with their core business model and long-term strategy. Ah, exactly. And let's not forget, Tesla's been dominating this space for a while now. Apple would have needed something really groundbreaking to even scratch the surface of Musk's empire. Plus, their recent struggles with new product launches, take the HomePod for instance, might have made them rethink the risk. Indeed, the decision to abandon such a high-profile project could also be seen as a strategic move to minimize potential damage to Apple's reputation. It's important to remember that these decisions aren't made lightly. They would have weighed the potential benefits against the substantial costs and risks involved, and ultimately decided it wasn't worthwhile. Couldn't agree more, Linda. I mean, it's not like they're backing away from innovation altogether. The funds and resources that were tied up in the car project can now be redirected to other areas like their AI division. And let's not forget that Apple's been investing heavily in R&D lately. They're just shifting gears, if you ask me. A rather fitting metaphor, Mark. Shifting gears, indeed. It's a reminder that even the most ambitious projects can be reevaluated and redirected in the face of evolving market realities and strategic priorities. It's an important lesson for businesses across all sectors, not just tech. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.